Hey Props keep them in check, it gets better When surrounded by love, I get tethered but I'm striving on being a better man I'm conquering all my demons and seeing that I am grand The sequence of feeling speeches is leaking out in the sand I'm closer to those who love me, achieving what's in my plans Self-love, I'm elevating within I'm moving past all my fears and celebrating the win No self-doubt, we moving towards the light You're not alone, we proving we'll beat the plight It don't exist, we shooting towards the kites and stars I take a scars and smooch them, I kiss them light It's hard, but see we harder and stronger, learning to grow I get the love I deserve, the pain, letting it go it's worth the sheen and for peace, so we gon' evolve. No longer running from love from others are in my heart. No. Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of For the Fellas. So, today's episode was supposed to be an intro to the podcast where I just told you about me and what to expect on this podcast, but it was boring. And so, I think it's better if we just hit the ground running. And if we start with really uplifting and building men from the get-go. So hopefully you're okay with that. For those of you who are joining this podcast for the first time, you never heard of me, you were just scrolling, someone sent this to you. My name is Sheena Lachey. I am a formerly trained licensed therapist. And for over a decade, I've been helping people heal from intimacy disorders unresolved childhood trauma, being in relationships with people who don't really value us and don't really deserve us, and us looking at where does this start with me? How does this start within? And the reason why I decided to start a podcast for men is I already have a sister podcast to this called Black Girls Heal. And I do everything that I just said for the women who who listen to that podcast. And over the years, I've had men reach out to me and ask, for what I do for the women, for men, because you are also in relationships with people who don't value you, with people who emasculate you, with people who underestimate you and misunderstand you. You also struggle with low self-esteem and anger and pain, and you've also been neglected and abused and hurt by people in your past, and you need the same support. Um, You need something in addition to all the other resources that you have as men to be good leaders, but what about the, the stuff that makes the insecurities and makes those things hard, right? So today I'm going to hit the ground running in another aspect as well with starting with a really kind of spicy topic, which is about emascul- emasculation, uh, where it comes from, how, it's a, how it hurts you, and what to do about it. Okay, so the definition of emasculation is when someone deprives you of strength, a vigor of spirit where you feel like someone is weakening you. And for men, it is very important that you feel strong, that you feel competent, that you feel very capable. And so when you have a partner, a loved one, a friend, a boss, uh, a, a competitive person, challenge the fact that you are enough, that you're strong enough, that you're capable enough. It is deeply painful. It is not just that's annoying, like it, it challenges you to your core. And and what I have seen in the relationships of the men who I've supported and who I've coached over the years who will tell me that they have been in relationships with women who who really just don't respect them and maybe cheating on them and maybe just really hurting them or abusing them is this concept of emasculation. And they're really confused. They're really confused on how they keep ending up in these relationships with 
these women who keep hurting them in this way, even though they feel like they're they're trying to scan the situation correctly, they're trying to to really just screen who the person is, they're trying to maybe they're trying to pull back and go so slow so they can be careful, but when it comes down to it, they keep getting in the same type of relationship and either one or two things happen. Either they uh start to kind of build up some resentment towards women or maybe they just feel really hurt. Some people out will just think that this is how relationships are supposed to be, which they're not. I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but this is just how relationships are supposed to be. So they'll go with the toxicity or to go back to what I just said before, they will think that all women are toxic. And so you're, you're caught in this in between of, man, I really want to be with women, but anytime I'm with women, I feel like shit. So what do I do? And so the thing that I tell people who are in this cycle is that there are amazing people all over the place. I will primarily talk in heterosexual examples because that is the population of men that I have served. But there are amazing, beautiful, kind-hearted, patient, endearing, supportive, loving women all around. However, when we have unresolved trauma, that we have not hit on, touched, checked, that we're not aware of, that we have pushed down because we're so good at rationalizing, you know, shit happens. It is a badge of honor for you to not let things from the past hurt you because to you that proves your strength, that proves your, your virility. Because you're not really being honest about how this stuff has affected you, or maybe you're not even aware. It's not that you're trying to, you're not trying to deceive yourself. You just don't really think that it can be that deep. But whatever the case, because this unresolved childhood trauma has not been touched on, what you're doing in your adult relationships is you keep finding people who hurt you in the same way that people from your past have hurt you. You keep finding people who talk to you in the same way, the same people, you keep finding people who underestimate you, you keep finding people who will neglect you, and it just shows up in your relationship. So examples of how this can show up in your past and how it may show up now. So let's say you had a parent or a caregiver, I'm going to say a mother for this example. Let's say you had a mother who was physically present, you know, you can say without a doubt she did everything that she could in the world for you. Um, to the best of her abilities, but she was super critical. She was someone who didn't really have positive things to say about you. She was always yelling at you. She was always telling you to get out the way. She was always, uh, the way that she motivated you was by those kind of backhanded statements. You know that she was trying to do it in love. You know that she was doing the best that she knew how, but her anger, her uh, lack of patience was something that you as a little boy you had to learn how to translate that into maybe that's motivation or you had to learn how to go inward or go into the basketball court and channel that pain, rage, whatever into something else. But here's the thing. Every child, every every soul and your soul, but every child needs to be affirmed and validated and seen. Every child needs to be safe enough to make their mis- their mistakes They need to be encouraged. They need to be able to have the space to be confused and not know the answer. They need to feel like they are not always getting in someone's way and that they are a burden. And they need to be loved just for who they are. Men included, little boys included, preteens included. There is not a time or age range that you outgrow needing that tenderness, needing that care, needing that 
love, right? And so all of us, when we have this type of childhood trauma where we are not greeted with that softness, when we're not greeted with that unconditional love and warmth, we got to figure out something to do with it. It's not that these things are optional. And so when we don't have that, we find ways to overcompensate for it. So whether or not it is achievement, whether or not it is excelling in some areas, whether or not it is through sex and relationships, we look for ways to fill these holes. So you grew up in a setting where this was kind of normal, or it at least it was normal to you. You thought it was commonplace. And so you try to build your life, build your self-esteem around it. Find other places where you felt safe if you didn't feel safe to be fully yourself and to be fully uh, have all the emotions and thoughts that you wanted to at home because it came with some mess, right? And people didn't really talk to you. So there was that core emasculation there. And so you grow up into uh, intimate relationships and these types of interactions are normal to you. For you, your first relationship with a woman was one that was very uh, conflictual, very confrontative. Maybe, you know, from what I know from my work, uh, working with with just humans in general, is we are all the way that we are because of the models that we've seen. Some of us just completely mimic them. Some of us watch what other people do and swear that we're going to be different. And some of us swear we're going to be different, but we still end up doing the same things because we don't actively find a way to heal and learn something different. And some of us say, I'm going to be different. And then we go and we find some support to teach us how to live life in a different way. But that's my way of saying that um, maybe you grew up with a mom who did that, who learned from her sisters or learned from her father or learned from other people in the family who were just as toxic. And so for you, you were surrounded with people where this is where they acted. So when you meet people who have the same type of attitude, the same type of rage, the same type of criticism and don't really have something kind to say, you just think in your head, oh, this is how people are, or this is just how women are. And you go into the relationship trying to thinking that, you know, what I saw was that my mom did not have the type of love and care that she needed from a man. And I'm watching all these other people around me be really great partners and be really great leaders and really great um, just just people in general. And so if I show up as my best self, then she's going to fall in line. Like she's going to not have any other option but to respect me, but to actually be soft with me because I'm giving her everything that she needs. And you do that. And then what happens? She keeps acting the same way. And so you're like, I don't get what's going on. There's no reason for all of this dysfunction and toxicity to keep happening. But here's the thing. You are taking too much responsibility for something that didn't start with you. You know, she, the partner that you're with, has had her own history of trauma. She's had her, she's had her own history of pain. She has learned that to be safe in the world, this is how I think and this is how I act and this is how you show up in relationships. And so when you get with people 
You need to be honest with yourself to see them exactly for where they are and what they're able and willing to do. Because this isn't about finding a partner who's perfect because none of us are perfect. We all have our insecurities. We all have our bad days. Even when we are with our soulmates, you know, we all, everybody, men, women, everybody can catch an attitude, right? And just not want to be bothered. But are you partnering with people who want to grow? who not only want to grow, but are actually putting in actions to grow, that are actually showing up that they have availability to listen to how you feel and to listen to what you think and to take your opinion into account and to collaborate with you? Or are you so used to being in relationships that where you bully each other, where the loudest person wins, where you're playing these manipulative games, where you are trying to strong arm something or being petty back and forth. And that's like a love language. And then wondering why it doesn't work out. Because the truth is not that all women are crazy or that relationships are doomed and that it never doesn't work out. Is that you keep matching yourself with people who look like and act like the people who hurt you before. And so the common denominator is you. So there's a couple of things. One, we got to look at what is it that I believe I am worth? Because again, you as a man, you know that men have have to struggle with the same the same concepts of low self-esteem, of insecurities, of self-doubt, right? Um, and also the same part of, is this asking for too much? And I'm here to tell you that you are not asking for too much to be in a loving, committed, partnered relationship, if that is what you desire. Not everybody desires that. So This may not be for you if you're still listening, but if that is what you want, that is possible. But you got to look at, well, there's a couple of things. And so the next episode that I want to record after this is going to talk about emotions if I actually follow my, my schedule. But the first step in you being in touch with that is you have to look at how do I feel when I'm with this person? And some of us, some of y'all may not have access to that. Some of you may not know what emotions you feel outside of numbness, outside of anger or irritation or frustration or sadness, when there's a whole range of emotions that happen underneath that as well. There is the feelings of betrayal. There's feeling hurt. There's feeling excited. There's feeling giddy. Is feeling young. Is feeling exposed. Is feeling vulnerable. Is feeling judged. Is feeling criticized. Like, what parts of your heart, what parts of your soul does this person bring out of you emotionally? And then you need to decide are these the types of emotions that I want to feel all of the time? right? To know that it is okay for you to choose, right? That you don't have to be a robot, that you, two things could be true at the same time. You are in charge of leading and you are in charge of moving forward. And you're also a whole human being with a whole um, sensitivity to you, right? You don't have to always be buttoned up and in control because that's what leads to men facing depression. That's what leads to you feeling suicidal. That's what leads to you being in relationships with people who just yell at you and they're yelling at you because they're trying to get you to react. And meanwhile, that just makes you want to go deeper into your into your hole. That makes you want to re- retract even more. And then the way that their trauma is set up, that makes them react more. And now y'all are just in this dysfunctional cycle. And I don't want any of that for you. I want you to be in relationships where you don't feel emasculated, but that you feel empowered, that you feel 
respected that you feel adored. So that's the first place that emasculation can come from or that we can learn to tolerate it in our lives if we were in settings before that felt very emasculating. Another way that we can be uh, tempered to, to take emasculating things in our life is if we struggled with low self-esteem throughout our childhood. So something that people don't really talk about a lot with men is the impact of body image for y'all. And, you know, if you grew up overweight, if you grew up in a way where your body looked different or performed differently than the other boys around you, if you were super short and um, as you were growing and, you know, people were growing and you did not grow as tall as them or girls started to get taller than you, did that make you feel less than the comments that people would say if you weren't being affirmed at home or in other settings where your confidence could stay, confidence could stay in line? Did did any insecurities about your body make you feel less than? Again, because for men, it is so important for you to feel strong and, and, and virile and, and like you're a superhero, right? Like these are things that are so important to you. And if you're in your formative years and you're not feeling affirmed in those ways and you're feeling excluded and outcasted, you may feel disempowered in some ways. So same thing, like you have a vital human need is not optional. You have a need to be affirmed and validated as a person. And when you don't have that, you find other ways to compensate. So did you compensate uh, in other ways, in sports, in drugs, and in math? Uh, I was I was very much a math nerd. So that's why that's what always comes to mind for me. Socially, were you very charming? Did you find other ways to be the class clown, you know, get the girl, or did you go inward? When you have felt emasculated in so many ways for so long, it also can give you a very high sensitivity to feeling disempowered and to disrespect. It can make you really reactive. It can make you really defensive and it can make you really angry. And the anger is is legitimate because what's underneath that anger is years and years and years and years or months and months and months or days and days and days, whatever whatever aligns with your history. But you have so many experiences of having to sit and tolerate uh, people who did not see you as their equal and how, how overpowering and how helpless I might have made you feel. And then even if you try to stand up for yourself, sometimes people may respect you and sometimes they they may just totally blow you off. And that gets old and that is really dehumanizing and that is really hurtful. And so now you may be at a place where like, no one's ever going to have anything to say about me. I'm going to make sure I have the most money. I'm going to make sure I have the most girls. I'm going to make sure I have the most, um, you know, accolades. I'm going to make sure I have the best cars. I'm going to make sure that I have the, the freshest fit, the tightest fade, the longest locks. I'm going to make sure that I have everything that I can, the biggest muscles and whatever form I am now, or I'm going to insulate myself. I'm going to have the best video game scores. I'm going to do whatever it is that's going to make sure that no one can ever say these things about me. And I'm also going to stay away from people who 
who remind me of this type of pain. So going back to the early example, if you grew up in a household that was very abusive to you, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, because as y'all know, men get sexually assaulted as well. And so if I was abused in any of these ways by a lot of black women, and I'm a black male, then I may have coupled and made two things equal. So in my mind, all black women are like this. So maybe I may have an aversion to being with black women because I keep finding people who reaffirm this image that I have. But remember what I said, when you have unresolved trauma, you can be in a room of a hundred people and somehow your magnet is tuned in to people who will replay what you're used to. So instead of you finding the sweet, you know, bubbly, open, soft, engaging, charming woman over here that is very interested in talking to you, you will find the person who is not that interested and makes you work harder than you need to. And even when you do work hard, she um, undermines you or disrespects you because those are the type of relationships you have before, not because that's how everybody is, right? And so you may stay away from those group of people. You may stay away from people that you think on the outside look like they're better than you or think they're better than you because they look like the people who bullied you when you were in school. And so now you have a vendetta from everybody who looks and acts a certain way because those were the groups of people who ousted you or outcasted you when you were younger. And those are the people who either consciously or unconsciously in your mind, you are constantly trying to one up and show that if they ever came around you, or if anyone who was like them or had that type of energy came around you, they would never have anything to say about you. They can never find anything. But y'all, when we live that way, when we live in competition with other people, instead of in competition with ourselves, we're already losing because you're, you're only building a life based on what other people think instead of building a life based on what makes you feel strong, what makes you feel powerful. You're not spending all the energy you can on building your own empire because you keep looking to the side. And so the way you get to that true confidence is you learn how to be honest about how these things trigger you. And yeah, that may kick you into overdrive to, to go and achieve and move and go into action. But you got to think about why am I going to action? What emotion am I actually trying to solve by doing this? Because what can happen is you can accumulate all of this gold, all of this success, all of this money, all of these relationships, all of this sex, and still feel empty on the other side of it. And you may think you just need more and more and more. And even listening to this, if if you're currently in that state, you could be like, all right, I hear what you're saying, but that's not true. Like, <laughs> you're being a little bit too soft with this. And that's because you're a woman. And so maybe you don't get it. And I mean, I get as much as I can, right? Being in this body, not having the same societal pressures as you do. And from the men that I've supported, and also the other incredible men who are entrepreneurs and people who have made it, the other billionaires, I mean, they will all tell you in their interviews, they reached a place in their success where all they had left to conquer was themselves, their personal work. And they started doing the exact same things that I'm telling you to do right now. If you have ever felt emasculated in any way, which basically is feeling as if your power has been taken away, feeling as if you have been robbed of your manhood, I need you to know that you are always, always, always in charge of your destiny. Always. 
The things that may have happened before that slowed you down, the negative things that people have said about you are only true if you give them credence, if you actually listen to them. And the only things that we actually listen to are the things that we believe ourselves. So again, if you are living your whole life trying to prove somebody wrong, the only reason you're doing that is because you secretly believe that they have some validity to it. If you knew how amazing you were, if you knew how strong you were, if you knew how talented you were, if you knew how incredible of a leader and a provider you were, when someone said these things about you, you would be like, they're crazy. <laughs> like that, that makes no sense at all. But you don't know that about yourself. And the way that you make that true, the way that you improve your self-esteem with that is not to become more defensive because I think it's easy when people hear folks say something like what I just said, in your mind, that means for you to say, well, fuck what everybody else thinks. But that's, is more nuanced than that. You can be saying, fuck what everybody else thinks because you still feel low on the inside versus fuck what everybody else thinks. I'm going to create my own story and I'm going to be the best man that I want to be. And for you to do that, that requires an honesty, like I was saying. So two things could be true. It could be true that you're amazing, but you still need to work on your patience. It could be true that you are an incredible leader, but you still need to learn how to express your emotions or um, listen to people a little bit more. It could be true that you are a loving partner who wants to be available for whoever you are with. And at the same time, you have to work on your vulnerability a little bit, or you need to work on being more consistent with the things that you tell your partner and you balancing those two extremes where you understand that awareness of areas of growth are not evidence of indictments against you, where you know that you can be fully in your power and fully growing as a man as well. And to bring it full circle, you need to make sure that you're in settings that are conducive to that. And you are the one who's in charge of finding those settings. You are the one who's in charge of changing your magnet to be attuned to people who show up for you, for you to no longer live in fear. And if you aligned with any of the things that I said before about kind of you ousting whole groups of people because of previous pain, um, because you're not aware of maybe it was more of your attraction pattern versus the fact that all women are like this or everybody in your family is like this, but you're not paying attention to that uncle and aunt who have always been kind and redeeming towards you or, you know, whatever it is, then that is your next step because you don't want to limit your world because of the mistakes that what other people did before, you know, yes, other people may have hurt you and other people may have did some things that may be for you unforgivable in some ways, but don't let them continue to be able to control your life by you not having access to everything that this world and everything that love and connection and relationships have available for you. So that is it for today's episode. I hope that you found it helpful. Please, please, please let me know your thoughts. And uh, you can find us on Instagram at For the Fellas Podcast. And you can find our website at ForTheFellas.org. Send me a message there. Uh, send us an email. Let us know your thoughts and um, if you found this good. So thank you so much. And we will see you in our next episode.